buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very excited today. I've got Samuel Timothy uh, from 1IMS. Sam is a knowledgeable expert in online marketing, demand generation, and sales with over 15 years of experience. He helps businesses develop and execute marketing strategies that improve their lead generation efforts and drive business growth. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to having you on, so I'm glad we were able to make this happen. But uh, before we get into this very interesting topic that we, we've we planned out for today, uh, just give us a little bit of your background. Tell us you know, kind of where your professional journey started. Yeah, way back in the day, I actually started in uh, Coca-Cola. Worked in the worked in the um, uh, the finance department. That's my actual experience in marketing. I'm not trained in the marketing world. My degree is in computer science. Um, I have a major in computer science, a minor in economics. So, no no real marketing experience whatsoever. But ended up starting a marketing agency. But yeah, that led to uh, starting this company with my brother back in 2006. Uh, so we've been at this for about 16 years. Going on seventeen. Oh, okay. So you you you've been at it for for some time, um, and you've experienced you know uh, bad financial times in you know started two thousand six two thousand eight. I think this is a topic that's you know top of mind for a lot of people. You and I were even chatting about it a little bit uh, before I, I did another podcast interview and it came up, and so. How does a biz- business prepare from, you know, demand generation, sales marketing, um, you know, when there's sort of uncertain times potentially maybe ahead? Most certainly. So we were born in the thick of that. Uh, yeah. As a early entrepreneurs, we didn't even know the economic downturn was actually happening. We were two kids in their 20s, uh, didn't have any clue how the economy actually worked, even though I had an economic background. Uh, uh, but basically, yeah, we, we had to just thrive, you know, thrive from in that thick of it. Uh, but if, if you're an established company and you need to be prepared, uh, I don't think you can just uh, sit around, wait for things to just happen. 
Uh, I often tell my own customers, like, you know, waiting for government regulations to just be favorable to you or waiting for all the market condition to be just favorable to you to generate customers, that's just never going to happen. You have to be proactive, define your destiny and go make that destiny happen. Um, and that's, that's basically the, the, the gist of it, right? But that, what does that mean in terms of execution? You, you definitely know who you should know who your target customers are. You need to define, you know, have some smart goals, especially well, specific, measurable, attainable, attainable, realistic and time bound, right? Some smart goals on what do you want in terms of revenue targets? What do you want in terms of number of customers? All of those things define. Then you go develop a strategy to accomplish that goal and then work backwards and execute those strategy to get there. So that's in a nutshell what you need to do as a company if you're an established company and trying to figure out how do you um, steer clear of economic downturn and choose not to participate in it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. All right, so and tell me, you know, you guys have been going at this for 16 years. How, what's changed in that time? You know, from sales, marketing, demand generation, from you know when you first started this business and, and what it is today. And just how the industry and how people are buying. Mm -hmm. um, what are some changes that you've seen in the Yeah, most years? certainly. So when we got into the business early days, you know, we were just a website designing uh, creative agency. All we've done is logos and website. Uh, but in those days, websites were just a brochure. Nobody ever cared about a website as a as a you know business driving um, channel, right? Yeah. Always they thought it, it was, was just hey, like a box. Got to exactly. check. Exactly. Do you have a website? Yes, we're good. <laughs> and we had, you know, we were doing flash websites. We were doing websites that are just images. And it was, there was no uniformity in navigation. Everybody had a unique way of navigating the site. Everybody wanted to have something unique and special. But then we saw the transition happen in the early days of our, our business. People were starting to ask the question, like, hey, you built me a website, but it just doesn't drive any sales or it doesn't drive any inquiries or leads. That's when we started to even, you know, tinker with the concept of how do we actually turn this website into a money-making machine for customers. Then we got to learn about Google ads. In the early days, we were actually doing Google ad, you know, AdWords for customers. We were doing like, those were like pennies a click. I mean, today those are, you know, the good old days, tens, you know, tens, if not in the, in the, in the hundreds, sometimes the cost per click. So we're building Google ads campaign, helping our customers drive traffic. Uh, and then we start to get some, you know, inquiries and leads. And then they will say, well, I think we're getting more calls and inquiries, but we can't pinpoint it's because of what you guys are doing. So then we're like, well, we got to figure out how do we measure this? So that's yeah. when we started patching up third, third party softwares. We started tracking calls. We started doing uh, form fill tracking. Uh, essentially, we, it was a Frankenstein tool set that we built. And then we realized, well, we're spending way too much money on third party platforms to actually track all this. And then we ended up home growing a software that we ended up spinning off as a separate company that's called ClickX. Uh, which is a product that my brother uh, brother runs, which is basically a white labeled reporting platform that helps uh, agency owners uh, track and measure performance across their marketing campaigns for clients. So yeah, so we saw the entire you know uh, industry evolve, um, and now that entire buyer's journey has uh, been more digital than you know the traditional mediums. Like more and more people are making purchase decisions online. You're seeing more you know everybody has the search engine in their hand, right? They can ask any questions to that mobile device, uh, find the answers to what they're looking for and make a purchase decision on the spur of a moment. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you've seen as far as, you know, how has it changed where uh, the changes that have happened for the cooperation between sales and marketing? 
Yeah. So I think the, the biggest difference uh, that we're starting to see, right, especially in the early days, salespeople are doing their own thing that that's, you know, that's sales. And then the marketing people are kind of considered as well. You know, they just do some crafts and arts and, you know, go to some trade shows and that was marketing. But today you as an organization have to have very good alignment between marketing and sales. Both need to know who's their ideal customer profile, who's their, you know, who's the buyer persona, what are their pain points? Where do they congregate for information? How do we reach them in the most cost-effective way, the most efficient way possible? When they do come to our website, what kind of digital fingerprints are they leaving? And how can we leverage that insight to sell to that prospect or that company better, right? So marketing has a lot of insights using technology that they can empower the salespeople with to make the salesperson's life a lot easier and make the sales process more relevant and enjoyable for the end customers. And and salespeople are little marketers today because you as a salesperson need to be also creating content that educate your customer, not just way, you know, not just prospecting and cold calling and getting in the door, but lead with insight, lead with education, become that thought leader that people trust and they will come to you as a subject matter expert asking for your advice and your insight on how to solve their business problem. So in a in in a in some sense, you know, marketing and salespeople are working together as one organization today than ever before. Yeah, yeah. It's more, you know, working with a common revenue goal rather than the finger pointing of marketing's not giving us good leads while mm-hmm. sales isn't closing the leads that we're generating for them, mm-hmm. right? The the finger pointing. Um, and, you know, sales, marketing also can get help from sales too, right? So you mm-hmm. mentioned marketing's job is to make sales easier, sort of, right? Um, but marketing doesn't necessarily work for sales, but sales can also, you know, salespeople are on the front lines. They're having the conversations with the prospects, you know, they're seeing what's resonating, what's not. And that's a lot of really helpful knowledge that needs to be shared with marketing in order for marketing to do a better job of educating and attracting the right people for sales. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when you talked about, you know, marketing is not generating enough leads and sales is not closing, it, to me, that's a definition problem too. I think the first thing we talked about, like know your ideal customer profile, define what a good lead looks like, what is sales qualified, what mar- you know, what's just marketing qualified, and when is a, le- a lead is more likely in a sales process, right? Like they're sales ready. And then when do you actually pass that on to a, a sales rep to go and to, to, to take it to the next, next stage in the buying process? Those things all have to be established as a company and uh, hold us true, right? And almost like a, you know, service level agreement. Um, so I think if you have that, a lot of those conversations could be eliminated uh, and you have much more harmony within the organization. Yeah. And, and so what we wanted to touch on today as well is that, you know, sort of this idea of, of inbound, right? So a lot of companies, I think, for the most part, start out with an outbound strategy, right? And you can sort of lay out that process and start to track maybe different channels and approaches. And, you know, before it was probably mostly phone. Now you've got multiple outbound channels. Some are going to perform better than others. It's even going to get, you know, some are going to perform better than others for a company as a whole, depending on who they're targeting, what their messaging is, and even down to the rep level where some reps are going to perform better on certain channels versus other reps. Um, But there's a lot of mistakes that could go wrong when a company maybe decides that they've graduated to the point where we need to start generating inbound. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, if that's not part of their strategy from day one. And so what are the, some of the common problems or just things that people need to think about when building a sustainable inbound marketing approach? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, inbound is a very broad term. There's a lot that goes into making an inbound strategy, right? The way that I look at it is inbound is where a prospective customer is getting to know about your business, your product offering, or uh, they were able to, because of your good, you know, good job in marketing, they were able to understand that they have a problem, define that problem, and recognize that they need to solve that problem, and then found you as a, a company that can actually help them solve that problem. Now they're raising their hands, coming to you, and saying, hey, I can, I need help and I need you to help me solve this challenge. So they're, they're doing a whole lot of research and coming to you as the go-to solution provider to help them do their job better or solve their business challenges so they can get ahead in, in their business journey. So when they come in the door, you have to treat them based on the, based on where they are in that mm-hmm. purchase journey. So not knowing where, you know, how that buyer ever, ever came about. And then treating them all the same way could be very detrimental to the success of your inbound marketing and your sales efforts. Yeah, and and so how does it you know how does a team build process around identifying you know where where is the buyer in the journey? How much research have they done? Um, and not treating every lead the same, right? There's really not a one size fits all. Um, process when leads come in, because there's a lot of assumptions that can be made, which leads to a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you're doing content marketing and inbound marketing, right, the customers are going to be at different stage of the buying journey, coming to your website, consuming content, watching videos, you know, reading a blog or even end up in your email list, right? And that they're in that early stage of the buying process, researching and learning as much as they can, so they can make a very good and educated decision about how to solve their problem. So if you as the salespeople, or if you as the marketing sees those thing, you know, digital fingerprints and pass those leads on uh, prematurely, then the reps could be reaching out um, with, you know, with uh, expectation that any inbound lead that comes in the door is ready to buy and may treat them in such a, such a manner that could be very detrimental. Or the other side of it is like, Hey, the lead came in, then you pass them on to an SDR and you go through the entire qualification process and lengthen the sales process and give them a very poor experience from a junior rep who doesn't know how to really talk, you know, uh, with high level business acumen and understand the needs and really uh, get that sales conversation to go further down very quickly. Um, that can also slow down the process and give that prospect a very bad experience. And they might chase, you know, they might leave somewhere else. You've done a great job educating them, but then you give them a poor sales experience. They might go to your competitor and find, try to find that uh, as a solution, yeah. right? So thanks for we, all the education. I'm gonna go buy over here where the process is more <laughs> tailored to where I'm at. Exactly. So <laughs> I think the marketing holds a lot of insights on the buyer and what they're doing on the website and and the overall uh, behavior of that buyer, uh, the buyer intent. You need to empower the salespeople with that information so they can do a better job in doing their sales function uh, more efficiently. Yeah. I mean, is there some best practices around like scoring leads and, you know, when to mark them as sales ready? Um, Because I think the main takeaway from what you just, you know, sort of laid out there is when that handoff from marketing qualified to sales qualified happens is really essential to giving a good buying experience. And, you know, one person that, you know, does a deep dive and consumes a bunch of your stuff in a 24 hour period is further down the process than somebody who maybe shows up to one webinar and downloads a free guide. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what we're seeing is in the early days of our marketing journey as a company, we're adapting a lot of the uh, framework and you know framework and um, methodology that HubSpot was teaching. So we're creating a ton of content. We were creating a lot of eBooks, and we were leveraging all of those eBooks as a conversion funnel, and then getting people into our email list, and then nurturing them, and then getting them to consume even more content. So what we're actually starting to see is people are much smarter today than probably five seven years ago. We're very nervous when we see a form and and we have to submit it because we know immediately after that, either we're going to get a series of email from the marketing automation or we're going to get a call from that SDR uh, just because we just so happened to stumble across an ebook and downloaded it or we saw a LinkedIn ad for an ebook and we downloaded it. So I think you need to first and foremost establish what kind of uh, uh, steps or action a prospect takes on your website that means something from a sales side, right? So if they are doing, you know, top of funnel content consumption and they're doing a lot of those activities on the website, give them the freedom to go consume that content. Give them more uh, relevant information that they can continue to consume and educate themselves better. But then only have forms or call to actions that are really sales ready forms, right? Like, you know, we've done some of the things we've done for some of our manufacturing clients is instead of having request a quote, we will start putting call to actions like, talk to a sales engineer or talk to a design engineer. So then when someone submits that form, they're expecting to talk to a design engineer. They know the form actually called them to do something where they're expecting to have a sales conversation or a design conversation and remove things that are, you know, very misleading, right? So a contact us form and immediately a sales guy calls, right? And you have very specific defined call to actions that request a quote. So when they submit it, then give them a guided process of submitting all the information that you might need to provide a quote very immediately, right? Not not have to go through hoops for them to get a quote back from you. So I think knowing what kind of call to action need to be leveraged at what stage of the buying process, and then using that as a way to you know kind of uh, gauge the interest level and what stage in the buying process that prospect might be before they even filled out the form. Yeah, wow. So you're talking about more transparency in marketing? <laughs> yeah, most certainly, because you don't <laughs> want to mislead. Not a bunch of... Uh, you know, bait and squeeze pages and, you know, uh, hat tricks. (laughs) Yeah. I think what you want as a marketer is being helpful, right? Because at the end of the day, what you want is to, how do I, you know, put the, put the, you know, get in the shoes of your buyer, understand their pain, understand their needs and figure out how do I provide the insight that they need to do to do their job better and empathize, right? Like have empathy uh, for your prospect. And when you do that, I think they would appreciate you a lot. And then when they are uh, the beneficiary of your knowledge and your expertise and your uh, your recommendations, they will choose you as a, as their go-to partner to solve whatever the business challenge they were trying to solve. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, I like of even uh, I like the idea of being so specific with the call to action, right? So they know exactly like if they fill this out, they are going to be receiving a call or getting a quote or you know going into a potential sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even from the sales perspective. I think a lot of sales reps could do a better job of reviewing some of this stuff before reaching out, right? Mm-hmm. Like these days, you know, there's no longer the marketing data is here and the sales data is here. I mean, in most organizations, you know, well, specifically if they're using HubSpot, it's all in one place. Or if they're using Salesforce, maybe it's all in one place. Or if they're using other things, usually these tools play nice together and integrate. All of the information should be in one place. And I mean, it's really common. I know just even from my own personal experience where, you know, sellers call and just go into a kind of standard tailored sort of pitch based on you maybe attending an event or signing up. They don't even know, did you go to the event, right? (laughs) Or, 
Um, or you fill out a form and they assume that you downloaded some guide that's maybe their most popular guide and you didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. So from the selling perspective, like do take a few minutes to just look at the customer's digital footprint. What have they consumed? It's going to give you a better idea of what they care about. I mean, ultimately prospects are going to be defensive if they took the time to fill something out and you're reaching out, talking about something that's not relevant to that. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, how can sellers do a better job of like reaching out in a more informed way based on all of the work that's already been done from marketing? Yeah, I think this is where, again, going back to having alignment between sales and marketing, because technology like HubSpot gives you more visibility into that prospect's digital footprint and fingerprints, right? So uh, if they are consuming content, they visited the website because they saw Google ads, came across one of your content pieces, downloaded it. It's been on your email list for the last 90 days, and they also been, you know, keep coming back and attending webinars. All of those things are available to the marketer, and that should be made available to the salespeople so they can be informed when they're talking to that prospect and don't leave them in the dark, right? I think some of the complication of any sort of third party platforms that you have to integrate with Salesforce or whatnot, you lose some of the, the visibility, but a technology like HubSpot has a lot more seamless way of accessing that information uh, at the at the fingertip of the sales rep. Uh, but you need you cannot be a lazy salesperson anymore. You have to be a little bit more proactive, do a little due diligence, you know, and just know just don't assume just because someone passed you a lead that they oh they must have consumed like you said the top downloaded ebook. Um, and and I think you have to um, you have to approach that sales conversation much differently. If they just download an ebook, I won't, I won't pick up the phone and call immediately. I might start an email thread or message them, connect with them on LinkedIn, start slowly try to build a relationship because, Hey, I noticed you recently downloaded an ebook. I'm just curious. What prompted you want to research about that topic? Uh, is there something happening within the organization that prompted you to research about it? They will tell you they're researching and learning about it. And then. Provide, hey, I think you might actually like this webinar or this video that we have. It actually condensed that information into 15 minutes uh, and then give them more information and then be more helpful and provide them more insight. Uh, I think right. that's what I would do if someone came in looking for an ebook and not immediately try to get that guy on the phone. Go to Zoom Info, look up their direct dial and call them up. <laughs> yeah. And then make assume that they read the whole ebook and that they're ready to go to the next step and book a call or a demo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Uh, Samuel, it's been, it's been great having you on and, uh, really appreciate it. Lots of, um, helpful information here for sellers and marketers and let's face it. Sellers need to be marketers a little bit these days too, and cooperate better together and have more alignment. So it's just really relevant for any revenue human. Um, and, but any final thoughts and then where's the best place for people to get into your world if they want to connect? Final thought, yeah, like I said, be a marketer, uh, be helpful. No, don't always try to sell right, try to help uh, and yeah. empathize with your buyer and where they are in their in their journey. I mean, they're a human being trying to do their job. Just keep that in mind. As far as finding me, I actually have a show as well, Coffee with Closers. Uh, you can probably look for that on YouTube uh, or oneims.com, which is a, a B2B marketing agency that specializes in helping B2B organization drive demand and generate sales. Awesome. We'll drop the links in there for the show notes for everybody if you want to check it out. Uh, Samuel, thanks again. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review. It really does help us out. Share the show with your friends if you enjoy it. And then we're also always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop your feedback there, and we will get back to you. 
Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.